0: We're going to pay a debt in two different ways today. First of all, this shiur is a memorial shiur for a dear friend uh, who passed away a couple days ago. Uh, Friday morning, our dear friend uh, Steve Lazar, Yitzhak ben um, who had been ill for quite a long time, um, did not wake up. And, uh, and he was buried on Sunday. So this is the week of Shiva. Obviously, it's a week of of uh, mixed emotions of the um, almost indescribable kind. And particularly fitting, Steve himself had a great sense of humor, a very quiet, brilliant sense of humor, and he even told me once that uh, he was named um, Stephen because his Hebrew name is Yitzhak, and his parents were Hungarian uh, immigrants. And evidently in Hungarian, nevets is laughter, and nevets is Stephen backwards. So there was a lot, of, uh, a lot of humor. So in a sense, it was, it's an appropriate week for us to be remembering him and, and, uh, and to think of him. Uh, and the, the content of the shiur also is really, as you'll see, oriented towards, towards a lot of what he stood for. Um, but in addition to that, we owe a debt to the mishkan, because the Mishkan, parshat and Mishkan are Trumat, Tzaveh, Kitisa, and Vayakal Pkudeh. Vayakal next week, we're already going to be talking about things relating to Pesach. Uh, and Trumat Tzaveh, we focused on Midrashim relating to Purim. So we owe the Mishkan something. And Parshat Kitisa, along with being famous for the Egel and for the Midot HaRachamim and for the Recovenanting, uh, is also the culmination of the commands Regarding the Mishkan, and whether you read it like Rashi and the Ibn Ezra, the Mishkan actually was commanded after uh, the Aegel and in Muktam Mukhar Torah, and it was a response to the Aegel. Or whether it is like the Ramban says, the Mishkan was the Lachat and was before the Aegel. Anyway, you want to read it, um, the Mishkan's the conclusion of the directives of the Mishkan is in Kiti So we all add that to the Mishkan also. I'm going to start this year from a place that would seem to be very uh, surprising, considering what I just said. Uh, and that is one of the most famous uh, comments from the Midrash Halacha. As a matter of fact, you rarely find comments from the Midrash Halakha making it to bumper stickers and posters. But this one does, and into songs. Um, on the Pasuk, which is uh, uh, a very central Pasuk, very central is really a redundant term, but a central pasuk uh, in the presentation of Parshat kudoshim We have the very famous comment of, I'm using very too much, um, if a com- famous comment of Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva Omer, Zeh Gadol Batorah, there it is in Source 1. What is not nearly as well known is the response of Ben Azai. Shimon Ben Azai says, Ze Sefer Todot Adam, Ze Gadol Mizeth. So we can understand why that is a critical rule and a central rule in the Torah. Um, Hillel said it in different words, and we're going to see that in a couple minutes. Uh, He said it from the negative side, but the idea of having a sensitivity to what the fellow needs and thinking about it in sort of self-directed terms, this is what I would want for myself, so I certainly am going to want it for the other, drives a lot of the mitzvot. Ben-Azai says an even greater rule is Ze t'odot adam. we'll have to see what the rest of that pasuk is. So the Ravad in his commentary on the Sifra, on the Torah kornim gives the following explanation to Ben-Azai's response. We have Talibach HaKamachar B'Kiv Omer, source 2, He immediately borrows from Hillel's formulation, which is when the guy comes and says, teach me the whole thing while I'm on one foot. And he says, Whatever is hateful to you, don't do to your fellow, which is not exactly Raptor Kamoha, but captures the spirit. So he says, Most mitzvot or many mitzvot are driven by that claw. Okay. I think that can certainly be contested. Uh, and Rashi um, on in the Gemara, and Shabbat and Daflom on the story with Hillal has a different take. Uh, but Ben Azaiomer's essay for Anam, and now the full Pasuk which is the beginning of chapter 5 in Breshit, and it's the first big genealogy that we have in the Torah. It starts with Adam, Sheet, etc. It says, this is the scroll of the book of the genealogies of man, of Adam, on the day that Hashem created Adam, right? So we have to see the whole pasuk. Why? This is what Benazar says. Perush. If we only had be'al to the Meaning, you're supposed to treat your fellow as you want to be treated yourself. Which means, hareshin it Let's say that you were degraded, or you were cursed, or you were you were the victim of theft or of, of attack. You could say, Well, I'm, i was attacked, so let him be attacked also. In other words, like you. Now you could take this Ravad one step further, which is if you don't mind being embarrassed, you don't have any sense of dignity, you could say, Well, i the kamocha. I can embarrass the other guy too. So he takes Benazai's quote, but he goes to the end of the Pasu. And the Benazai's point is that man was created in the image of God, meaning at me atame vazeh, me When you're cursing another person, who are you cursing? You're cursing or denigrating somebody, which is Demutio Knocha Makom, who is the image of God. In other words, that's his point of saying why, explaining why Ben Azai raises the stakes and says the Zesay for Toldot Adam is even greater. But the truth is that the Ravad nearly completely lifted this comment from and expanded from Midrash Brishit Rabbah. Uh, the comment of this midrash is confusing. I'll explain. Ben Azayu merz. Let's say for Dov This is on in Brashit Rabbah on the pasuk in Brashit. Zekal Gadol baTorah. Notice, he doesn't say Zekal Gadol miZeh. He says Zekal Gadol baTorah. Rav Kimo merz. Rav Haplav Echakamocha. Zekal Gadol baTorah. Right. So it's it's each one of them holding a banner and saying this is the big rule. Shelo Tomar. Now this is confusing because it sounds like it's Rabbi Kiva talking. I was degraded; let my friend be degraded with me. I was cursed; let my friend be cursed with me. So he says, that "You should know who you're cursing. You're cursing somebody in the image of God." So you see, this can't be Rabbi Kiva's comment. This has to be an Azai's comment, which means. That the way that to properly read this Mishnah is read the first line, the third and fourth line as the as the Midrash. Sorry, as the Midrash. And then inserting into that separately is Rabbi Kiva's comment. Okay, very nice. However, there we have now two rules operating. We have though a different comment that the Maharal in Ntibot Olam quotes, which looks to be somewhat similar to our Klal Gadol Torah kind of battle, about what's the biggest rule in the Torah. Um, however, he quotes this from a Midrash, and the Midrash is supposedly quoted in the introduction to the Ein Yaakov, but it, we can't find it, and we can't find the origins of this Midrash but all the names are there. So there's the Midrash that got lost. The Maharal kept it alive. Rav Lichtenstein and Zatzel loved this Midrash. He quoted it often. Ben Zoma Omer, Ben Zoma, Shimon Ben Zoma, Matzinu Pasuk Kolel Yoter. Said we have a, a great Pasuk, which is
1: Shema Yisrael.
0: Ben Nanas, Shimon Ben Nanas Omer Matzinu Pasuk Kolel Yoter. So Shema Yisrael we can understand. That's about our general belief in God and all the details of that. And we understand that. And here's the real surprise: Shimon ben Paziomer, Masina pasuk kolel yoter. Now kolel is a little bit strange because it means it sounds like more, more all-encompassing, as it were. But it seems to mean like pasuk gadol. Vuhu et What a weird addition! Shema Israel, people have given their lives saying Shema Israel. that's on Rabbi Kiva's baseball uniforms. It drives so much of our of our interactions with others. It defines our interactions with others. And Shema Pazi comes and says, you know what the most important pasuk is? What does he mean? And now Amara, it's a very strange comment. Amar Ploni. I guess the Maral didn't have the name. Al Raglavi Amar. Halacha kiven pazi, which is itself weird. The whole comment's weird. Halacha commandment is not halachayim, but it seems like we prefer this last opinion. Which means that the dachem asachad asavroke v'techem mishkan v'tamin which means that the dachem asachad asavroke v'techem mishkan seems to speak to the centrality of the mishkan, and the mishkan is what we saw at RC Nine. We saw Moshe saw the image at RC Nine. So it's very central. Okay, very nice. But I think there's something else going on here. And in order to look at it, we need to take a look at, as we said, the parshiot Mishkan. The parshiot Mishkan, which are all laid out here, begin at the beginning of Parshat Truma, what we call Parshat Truma, Seder Truma. By Dabar Ademayam of Truma. So Hashem tells, this is the first thing that happens when Hashem Moshe gets to the top of the mountain, in the cloud. When he ends up being there at the end for 40 days and 40 nights. And Hashem speaks to him and says, Go tell B'nai Yisrael, li truma, to take a, an offering, a gift to me. Me'et kol asher libo, from every man whose heart inspires him, whose heart moves him. Tichu trumati, which means you're limited. You're not allowed to take this from somebody who's giving it begrudgingly. That's the people who are inspired to give it and move to give it. And what are those things? V'zot ha-turma'a she-tikchu me-itam precious metals v'chelot v'argaman t'alat shen v'sh v'izim precious wools dyed different colors v'rotelim uh, precious uh, skins of animals and wood shem or la-maor v'stamim v'shem and then we move to different oils and scents. All of the precious gemstones. Beautiful. And all of this culminates in the Pasuk, which if you're at all a fan of Field of Dreams, you should recognize. I'm convinced that the writers of Field of Dreams were yeshiva guys who knew this Pasuk. It could have been religious Christians. Essentially, if you build it, he will come. But Rasuli Mikdash, in other words, they should make a Mikdash. V'shachanti betocham, I will dwell among not it among them. Hashem will dwell among Bnei Yisrael because what happened? Bnei Yisrael will give of themselves voluntarily with an excited spirit. It will give all of these great donations and will make a Mikdash out of it. And I will dwell dwell there. And then the pasuk that we already saw in the Midrash. Everything that I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you the model of it, do it exactly the way I tell you. All right. And then subsequently we have the command regarding the Aaron, the command regarding the kaport and Kruvim, the command regarding building the Shulchan, the command beginning the Menorah, then the tent, then the boards, then the curtain, then the mizbeach that's outside, then the Chatzer. Then the shemen that's supposed to be made, shemen meaning the the is supposed to bring shemen for the uh, for the nair. Then the bigdei kohuna, and then there's a whole passage about kiddush Koanim. That, by the way, is right there, truma and most of tetzave in front of you, right? Okay, now you'll notice because I marked it on here, you'll notice that there are five different places where the notion of tamid shows up. The shulchan is supposed to have lechem panim lefanai tamid. Always have lechem there. When we get to the shemen, which defines the menorah, you're supposed to light a ner, which will be tamid.
1: It's not called a ner tamid. Ner, which will be tamid, which will be always lit. Yes. Why is the menorah mentioned, again, also with shemen? Separately. So, so the menorah is mentioned four different times in, in Torah.
0: It's mentioned at on the top line here, which is as part of building the pieces. Then there's a separate 2 pasuk command of the Yenem which is that Bnei Yisrael themselves have to come and bring the oil. The oil, by the way, is different because the oil is an ongoing gift, as opposed to the menorah, which is a one-time piece, in parallel to that. The shochan is defined here. It's a one-time construction. But the Lechem Hapanim is defined elsewhere in Emor, and that's also Tamid, by the way. And that is an ongoing gift. So the Sheven is also an ongoing gift. The Menorah also shows up in Emor. The Menorah also shows up in Baalot right? So there's four different times that it shows up, and each one has its own purpose. When you look at the Kuna uh, there are three different commands of tamid, of that the that the should be connected to the kitfoi taifod, and that the tzitz etc should all should always be worn, whenever they come in. So there's this constant. Sorry for the redundancy. There's a constant sense of tamediut. There is a consistent message of consistency, of 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 not just eternal, but of Things happening on a regular basis. Okay. All of that said, we then come to the big ceremony of Kiddush HaKohanim. Aharon and his sons being sanctified, the clothes being put on them, the shemin being put on them, the korbanot that they bring, etc. And then we get to this partial. And this partial, by the way, for Balai Kriya is a little challenging because it looks very familiar, but it's not exactly the same. So it's easy to slip into the mistakes. This is what you're going to perform on that mizbeach that was defined, the mizbeach the outside mizbeach. Kvasim tamid. That does sound familiar from the reading in Pinchas that we were familiar with from Rosh Chodesh, but here kvasim tamid. Kvasim, a day, every day, without stop. One in the morning, one in the afternoon. The libations. The afternoon is exactly like the morning. Again, consistency. All right? It's an olat tamid. Here's the tamid. And it's called the olat tamid throughout the midbar. Notice the focus. The Olat tamid is going to be performed right in front of the door. It's on the outside, in the courtyard. But it's right in front of the entrance to the Mishkan. That's the place that I'm going to meet with you. I'm going to meet with you in the Mishkan. God already said, between the Kruvin. I will meet there, O'Bnei Israel and it will become sanctified. So what's going to enable God sanctifying the entire enterprise? It's the Shnaim Layom la Tamid. And then that will suffuse to Aaron and his sons becoming sanctified. Yes. And then the culmination, the second, the culmination yeah. is V'shachanti v'toch b'nei Yisrael. I will dwell among them, not in the Mishkan, I will dwell in the midst of B'nei Yisrael when all this happens. La Elohim l'Elohim, I will be their God. <clears throat> this is a whole new message. They will all know that I am Hashem who took them out of Mitzvot for what purpose? To dwell among them. I didn't just take them out to be free. I didn't just take them out to make a covenant and give them Mitzvot. I took them out so that I will dwell among them. And this is the whole preparation for making that happen. That's the message. Following that, there's one more piece to the puzzle, which is Misbachaktoret. The Mizbachak Toret, which is the inside Mizbeach where there's going to be Ktoret again, Biktiral Tamid. Big Tiralavaron Ktoret Tamid, right? And that's gonna there's always gonna be a going on in there. So that's the layout. I'll take a question in a second, but you notice that the entire structure minus the Mizbachak Toret is bookended. By Hashem's promise that He's going to dwell among Bnei Israel, it starts at the beginning of Truma, and it concludes here at the end of Tetzaveh. And then the few mitzvot that are added on into the beginning of Kitisa are appurtenances to the Mishkan. They are collecting the money necessary for the Adanim, the, the kesset for the Adanim, the machzitah shekel. They are the basin, the laver, the wash. They are the b'samim in order to make the Sheman hamishcha and the materials for the k'toret and then betzalel and then shabbat, those pieces. But the mishkan itself concludes at the end of k'titzavet, and the nizbah ha'torat seems to even be separate from that. So you see that the entire presentation of the mishkan is bookended by the notion of Hashem dwelling among us.
1: Okay, Jason, what was your question? I'm just trying to get the structure in my head. So you have the walls of the of the Mishkan, and inside there's a big courtyard, and then there's a building inside the Kodesh no, Kadoshim. No
0: the Mishkan itself is a tent.
1: Outside of the tent, there's a courtyard which has curtains around it. That's all. There's no walls. Well, and I there. said curtains. That's what Moshe would take down every. Uh, when they, the tent? That's the outside. Where's the Mizbeth? Is it tent, inside the, those curtains or outside the curtains? The tent
0: itself. I'll explain. The tent itself is uh is 10 high 10 high and has boards that plug into sockets and three different covers that go over the tent that's right. the, that's the mishkan that's the kodesh right outside of that there's a courtyard It's outdoors under underneath the sky yeah mish Mishbeth's there Mishkan is there inside the courtyard but outside of the mishkan and in the in Yerushalayim, the Mizbeach is outside,
1: under the sky, outside of the Beit HaMikdash, in the Azara, in the courtyard. You're talking about the Mizbeach where they slaughter the animals. Mizbeach of Mizbeach Right, and talking. then the Mizbeach for the Ketorah, that's inside the tent? That's inside the tent, inside the okay. Beit HaMikdash. And the outside one is the one that they write, that they call Kedoshim, as opposed to the inside one, right? Mizbeach HaOla is the Mizbeach where all...
0: There, there's only a couple of things of Dham that go on the mizbah haktori and that's, uh, that's uh-huh. Mishrafim, etc. the Yom Kippur, etc. But
1: the mizbah the outside Mizbah is the mizbach we talk about. But there's also a, uh, like, a, a wall type structure around the entire courtyard as well, right? Only in the Mikdash, not in the Mishkan. Not in the Mishkan. Okay, fine. All right. Good. So now, when you take a look at
0: this, you find something interesting. That the beginning of the Parashiyot Mishkan are driven by They're driven by volunteerism. They're driven by people of their own free will giving this spectacular range of expensive gifts to the Mishkan. That's how it starts. However, when you start getting into the nitty-gritty, you find Tamid and Tamid and Tamid, 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 and it culminates with the Korban that's brought every day, which is Shnaim Layom Tamid. And then you would, and then surprisingly, at the end of that, you get the same message, v'shachanti b'toch b'nei But the message is then ramped up. It's not just v'shachanti b'toch b'nei Yisrael, but rather now you're going to understand why I took care of Mitzrayim. I didn't take care of Mitzrayim for any purpose, rather than to dwell among you. And everything you're doing here is going to enable that. So what are we to do with this structure? So I'd like to propose the following. It is very easy to get motivated temporarily, to get committed for a short time, when moved by a spectacular experience. Everybody gets excited about Neila. Everybody gets excited about Horum. Everybody gets excited for the Seder. We're all very moved by those occasional. And spectacular experiences. We use them in education, at camp, and in Bnei Akiva and NCSY. We have uh, Sudash Lishit. That's an hour with singing, and the lights go out in the middle, and we're and and somebody tells a story, and we move people. That's important. It's important to be moved. It's important to feel an emotional attachment, a nostalgic attachment. To have that part of us connect with our commitment. However, the commitment is something that has to then draw into Notice that every special korban that's brought is always brought after the korban Tamid. Matter of fact, the principle that we have, which is The frequency generates priority or precedence. Is based on the pasuk that appears in, throughout Parsha Pinchas, which is Alulla tamid You bring the Musaf Shabbat, Allah Tamid. You bring the Musaf Rash Khurish, Alulla Tamid. You bring the Musaf of Rosh Hashanah, Alulla and al tamid. Whatever is 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 more constant takes precedence. Because that's the challenge of Abu Data Hashem. The challenge of Abu Data Hashem is not poor. The challenge of Allah Abu Hashem is. The day the two days after Purim, day after Purim, on Purim. the two days after Purim. The challenge of Avodat Hashem is a week from Monday to get up and put on Tefillin, put on and Tefillin, and davin with the same kind of zest and zeal you had at Mari van Purim. That's the challenge. And so what you see happening in Parshiyot Mishkan is they uh, are introduced with the spectacular. They are introduced with the voluntary. They are introduced by being moved. And all of the really exciting things are there. Zahab, Kesem, Nechoshet, Orot, Yod, all these really cool things. By the way, notice, they are all one-time things, one-time gifts. They're for construction. And then we move through and we see that there's a lot of things that need to be kept up. And the poor point of the Mishkan is not to build something, but to maintain and to observe and to serve. And it concludes with the daily avodah. That Allah Tamid is brought on Yom Kippur, Shechal, and Shabbat the same way that it's brought on a Tuesday and Teda. Same thing. And that's what generates the Shechina coming among Bnei Israel. And so now you look back at this statement. Shema Yisrael, huge pasuk. V'havta the Re'ach huge pasuk. And what does Shivan Pazi say? huger pasuk, not a word, Because the real challenge of the breed with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the real challenge of, law, of leaving Harsinai and putting this into action is being able to take the same zest and zeal, the same excitement, the same anticipation, the same sense of spiritual volunteerism and pour that into your daily commitment. And so we see it in the Parshiot Khan, how for HaKodesh Baruch Hu's Shechina to become manifest among B'nai Yisrael, it takes excitement. It takes zeal. It takes um, the anticipation of something marvelous happening. And it takes people who are of the means to donate from their means and the simple people to give what they can. But it's not going to happen with only the flash. It's gonna take the day to day commitment. We were privilege is not even enough of a word, and that, which is why I wrote at the top of this about Steve Chaval Al Daavdin Velamit. So there's a phrase that we have from the Gemara where HaKadosh Baruch is speaking to Moshe when Moshe comes and complains to him after the first failed mission to Paro. Baruch Hu says, Chaval v'lo Too bad about the Avot who were here. They never got to see any of the promises fulfilled, and they never lost their faith in me. Take a look there. It's first Rashi and Vairad, take a look at it. But you know, sometimes you 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 have the opportunity to be in the environment in the Amot of somebody who's truly a spectacular person, and there's a lot of flash. And so you're inspired by them. And you may have a pull up their memory sometime. But sometimes, once in a while, you get that rare and rarefied air of being in the company of and in the, and in the proximity of somebody who not only is spectacular, but they're spectacular consistently. They're spectacular without the flash. They're spectacular, and they make you work a little bit to find out how spectacular they are, and you find out how worth it it is. Steve was somebody who, a person of tremendous spirit, also a brilliant guy and a very funny guy, but somebody of tremendous spirit, and yet the spirit was never flashy. It was always very quiet, and you saw it, I remember I seeing it in high school a little bit when we were together, but you saw it over the last 17 years when he was battling the disease that that ravaged as he contended with it with a smile, <clears throat> and I remember even very hard for him to talk towards the end. I uh, come over to talk to him and not only gave me a nice greeting, but telling me something hilarious. I mean, on the floor laughing. He could hardly move his mouth to, to laugh. But it was it was that sort of commitment to doing the right thing every day that took him till his very last day. And it was a model for us, and we were truly blessed and fortunate, both in our days together in Rambam, those who knew him in elementary school, those of us here in the community who had the chance to, to be around him. I was most privileged because he came to the Yomi for quite a few years. In fact, he was so dedicated to the Yomi and to coming every day that when his father passed away, and he was very, very close with his father, very dedicated to him. And he sat Shiva for his father. His daughter had flown in from out of town for Shiva. And his daughter came to the Shia every day so that he shouldn't miss a day. She represented him at the Shire. I was always struck by that. And I always thought it was a great statement about her. And it is. She's a wonderful girl. But I realized it was a great statement about him too. Did she realize how important it is for him to have And that's a model for all of us to never lose the sense of inspiration, but never let the flash and never let the inspiration serve as enough for us, but rather as a starter to our commitment to making every day an inspired day. Yehi baruch. We miss you, Steve.